He's controversial. 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, he's outspoken. You will tell your kids, and your grandkids, and your great, great grandkids. And he tells it like it is. That you watched a great athlete named the franchise, and he was the greatest world heavyweight champion of all time. He is the franchise Shane Douglas, and you are listening to the Triple Threat Podcast. Prepare to get your ass franchised. to the Triple Threat Podcast being brought to you today on the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire. If you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner here on the two-man power trip, the one and only JP, John Paz. But this week, we had a little bit of a rearranging in the uh, host chair as our host, as our co-host, as our friend, as our Triple Threat brother, the franchise Shane Douglas is somewhere down under, somewhere in Australia. So when we did the preliminary list of the fill-ins for the franchise, there's only one name that could come to mind. And we are so happy and so proud to welcome in as a guest co-host this week, the one and only Queen of Extreme, Francine. Francine, thank you so much for coming on the Triple Threat Podcast tonight. Well, thank you. And we're going to rename it uh, Two Men and a Lady this week. How about that? <laughs> you That's know. Good? Yeah, and for you being a member of the Triple Threat as well, I mean, obviously, you know, you were there all those nights, so I'm sure you had a couple other names that you wanted to throw out there, so it's your turn now to name the show uh, for the night that you get to be the host. Um, no, I like Two Men and a Lady. I okay. think it's cute. Remember the movie Two Men and a, or Three Men and a Baby? I do, it's yeah. Two men, Two Men and a Lady. I think that's really cute because, well, some people don't think I'm a lady, but I think I'm a lady, so let's, <laughs> let's just go with that. I like it. Well, before we get rolling into it, I got to mention that our host, or excuse me, our, our sponsor every week on the Triple Threat Podcast is the Figures Toy Company and WrestlingSuperstore.com. We have a great partnership and relationship with Figures Toy Company, which every week we talk about the franchise Shane Douglas figure, the first figure in 20 years. And we've also mentioned it many times, and this is a great kickoff to the show, and especially with this partnership that you the Queen of Extreme Francine have your first ever action figure coming. So the pairing of us with Figures Toy Company and now the Queen of Extreme getting her first figure. Francine, how does that feel? And kind of give the uh, the listeners what your take is on this as we've been talking about it for weeks now. You know, I never thought at age 46 that basically I never thought I'd be back in the business, so to speak. Okay, I thought I was done. Nothing else was going to happen the offers were going to stop this year since i joined twitter has been amazing 
Um, first of all, I never thought I was going to get an action figure slash doll. I like to call it a doll. I don't know if it's because I'm a girl, uh, <laughs> but I like to call it a doll. Um, but I, I never thought I was going to get one because, and I've said this before, uh, when I worked in ECW, um, they did, they did the action figures rather. Uh, they took my pictures and the measurements and did all the things they needed to do for a doll. And then I was told, uh, the girl, girl figures don't really sell. We're, we're going to skip the girls. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm not going to get one. Then I work for WWE. I get scanned the whole nine yards then I get released. There goes my doll. So I said to myself, well, I'm never going to, I'm never going to have my own action figure. And I start to do these conventions again and people are making their own prancing action figures, like customs, I guess they're called custom action figures. And I said, well, that's probably as close as it's going to get for me. Then figures toy company reaches out and I couldn't have been happier. Uh, you know, being in the business for 25 years and finally getting your own action figure is just, it's so wonderful and I'm so excited and, and I can't wait until the day that my little girl gets to play with my doll. So I'm super, super happy about it. It is amazing that you get a figure after all these years, you finally come out on social media, you know, back into the wrestling fold, if you will, and you're just becoming so popular. I mean, you, your Twitter followers are going up. You, you know, obviously, you got the figure. You're doing personal appearances. Would you ever thought that your time away from the business, you'd be this popular coming back? I, no, I didn't want to join Twitter because I. What happened was I had Daphne from WCW. You guys know who she is, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. um, so she's one of my best friends. Um, she was in my wedding. We've been friends for, gosh, for a really long time. Um, she was here over the New Year's uh, holiday, and we were doing, I was doing my first WrestleCon with her. And she kept telling me, okay, you have to join Twitter. And I'm like, ah. I don't want to join Twitter. You know, I, I've been kind of away for a long time. Twitter's been around for like 10 years. No one's going to want to talk to me. No one even cares. And she's just like, no, no, just, you know, just sign up. Because when you do WrestleCon and you do these conventions, you will have social media. And like my last social media was MySpace. So <laughs> that tells you <laughs> how long ago it was and how, how long I've been out of the loop. Um, so uh, I remember I, I signed up reluctantly. I was like, I don't want to do this. And the notification just ding, ding, ding all day long. The thing just kept ding, ding, ding. And I was just so like, I was humbled and I was just so overwhelmed that people even cared enough to want to follow me and talk to me. Like, I'm still amazed because like, I'm not in the public eye anymore. I'm not really on TV. I mean, you know, you can go to WWE Network and see our old stuff, uh, which is another that blows my mind too. Because uh, we're doing these signings, and, and you have twenty-year-old kids coming up asking for your picture because they know you from you know watching you on on WWE Network. Like they weren't around for the first run, but now they're seeing it like it's new, which is amazing to me too. So, like all these things are just coming together for me and and i just i never thought at this stage in my life i'd be doing anything wrestling related but i mean you know like shane said there the, the demand is there for ecw originals and uh, you know i think we're just going to ride the wave as long as we can so it's it's been great so far 
and and I appreciate everybody's support. It's it's really been humbling. It's wonderful. It is great that ECW is still alive and well. And obviously, you're one of the original. Shane's is the original original ECW yeah. guy. I just love that. You know, you can go to conventions or you guys can be paired again, and it's like you know, 1998, or 1997, all over again. Do you <laughs> yeah. get that nostalgic feeling when you're out there doing the convention, especially with Shane? Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's like we, you know, we haven't like uh, at one point we we hadn't seen each other. Like the last time I saw him was I think four years ago at a convention, and he says to me, "You know, you really should start doing stuff again." Because I had only taken like four or five conventions that I could like drive to, like the close by ones. And he said, there, there's a demand for you and I together. And I was like, no, I don't think so. I said, I'm, I'm only doing this because I'm an hour away. And he said, well, if you ever want to start doing them, let me know. And like four years later, I, you know, I did WrestleCon and I saw him and we got to talking and, and then we said, you know what, maybe we should start doing stuff together again. And the response has been overwhelming. And, it, and it's so nice because I mean, number one, we're friends, but like, I, you know, I trust Shane. I feel comfortable with him. Um, there's not a lot of things that I want to do these days, like going in blind, uh, you know, being a mom and, and having little kids. I, I'm not that 20 something year old. That's going to just like, I remember, you know, taking these bookings from people I didn't even know. And we're jumping in cars with people. I, I mean, that's super dangerous. And I, and I guess people still do it to this day, but like, if I don't know somebody personally, I'm not going to take a booking. So doing things with Shane with me just gives me a sense of security. If that makes any sense to you, um, just because we've known each other for so long, but being together, you know, meeting the fans, hearing the stories, like we just we start cracking up at things because, you know, somebody says something and then we remember something else and then they don't know what we're laughing about. So we're having a good time and we're in our own little world, but it's, it's been great working with him and we, we have some stuff coming up and, and there's some stuff for next year in the work. So I'm really excited. It's been good so far. I love it though, because when I was a fan of ECW, there were so many people that I was like, oh, you know, they, these guys are, you know, they're too hardcore. I don't really like these guys, but anything involving the triple threat, you and Shane seemed for me, cause I'm like kind of an old school heel kind of fan. So all mm. that kind of worked for me. So it's awesome kind of seeing you guys back in it and back together. It kind of, you know, it definitely brings that old school nostalgia, but it kind of, you know, brings back good feelings. It's like, oh, wow, you know, if they're still, you know, out there doing their thing, you know, it's, it's a pretty damn cool, especially, you know, if you go back and watch the network and, and you see you guys, you know, hardcore heaven 97 or something where you're taking a bump and Shane's winning the title. I mean, you, you guys have so many cool memories. It's kind of to look back upon. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, the best thing I love is when people, they come up to, you know, get an autograph from us and like Shane and I are very personable at these signings and we will take the time to talk to, like we don't rush people out of line. You know, if you have a question, we are more than happy to answer your questions. And um, people, they always say to us, you guys are so nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, we're we're nice people. And they always say, you know, the heels are the nicest people in the business. It's the baby faces who are jerks to us. And I'm just like, oh, you know. (laughs) But it's it's nice to get good feedback. And, um, you know, we're we're just enjoying being out there communicating with the fans and – it's it's really been uh, a pleasure to be paired with him again. So uh, I'm looking forward to the future, and like I said, we have some stuff coming up. So it's it's going to be good. 
Now, with the positivity and all the good stuff going on, especially if you can go back and you watch the network or anything to do with you and Shane, just kind of thinking about you guys. But the negativity, and I have, do have to bring this up because it was on my mind, especially after uh, some tweets I read. You know, there is some negativity as well from the dirt sheet, <clears throat> cough, cough, and some other people <laughs> about your run in ECW. Do you look, look back and feel almost annoyed a little bit? Kind of when you go back and you think about it, I know there's a lot of good feelings, but is there any negativity and, and annoyances at some of those things that tend to pop up? Uh, well, I, I know what you're referring to. Um, it, it, yeah, I mean, somebody, uh, I did a shoot interview um, last month or the month before, and it just was released. And I forget how the, the subject came up, but um, the subject of Meltzer came up and and the way I was treated. and. Um, you know, for me, uh, number one, being being a woman in the business, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not here like cry me a river, play me your little violin. That's not what I'm trying to do here. I'm just saying it, it was hard being being a girl in in an all almost all guy locker room. You know, you're trying to prove yourself. You're trying to work hard. Um, looking a certain way, you know, I, I was never required. I bought my own clothes. Um, you know, I, I basically kind of did my own thing when it came to my character. Uh, Paul never pressured me to dress a certain way or to look a certain way. Um, back then, I know when I started wrestling school, uh, I was like 20, 21 years old, and I only weighed about 110 pounds, and I'm about 5'7". Um, so I knew I was thin. Uh, I knew I was trying to gain some weight because running the ropes would kill me. And I would just, every, every week I'd just come home with just purple, purple bruises all over my body. Like I was just, I was thin and I had such a super high metabolism. Um, I worked out, it didn't work out to the point where I would die, but I worked out, uh, just to try and keep in shape and stuff. But, um, when you have people critiquing you for your body and not for your work that starts to get annoying and it you know no matter what I did um it, it could have been the the world's greatest bump uh, there was never praise for the bump it was always oh she, she you know she looked too thin she looked haggard she looked this she looked that and you know personal it, it felt like a personal attack and I, I kind of kept it to myself. I, I discussed it with Paul a couple of times, but I would cry and I would cry a lot because it wasn't, you know, it was a couple of them. Um, I think it was Meltzer and I think it was maybe Mitchell was the other guy. Uh, one of them just apologized to me and I was just like, whatever. Um, <laughs> it's a little, it's a little <laughs> too late. Too little, uh, too late. Well, I, I just feel because of the, the whole Pete and Royce thing, now guys are thinking about, and they're, oh, you know, maybe we shouldn't have said that, you know. Um, I just feel like, you know, my mom always told me, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. So maybe if, you know, you, you don't like the way I look, that's fine. But I just feel like th there's a way that a journalist could write things and not be so hateful. And he, he just, Man, he buries, he did it with Sable, and he, I think he did it with China. Just, he has something, he has a hard one about girls in the business for some reason. I, I don't get it. And, it, you know, they, they did hurt my feelings, but I said it in one of my tweets. I said, when I came through that curtain, 
I was this, I transformed into this character and no one could hurt me. But when I came back through the curtain, there was the vulnerable side and, and, you know, that's the real me and I get hurt easily and I'm human. And I just, you know, I just felt like they, if they didn't like me, it was okay. Um, but every week it was just about the way they how thin I was and and he would go on record and say I was anorexic I was starving myself I've never ever star- starved myself I was never anorexic I was never bulimic I was on weight gainer I ate like a pig I mean you can ask anybody I ever traveled with I always wanted pizza and and Chick-fil-a and burgers I I just could not gain an ounce of weight um so I don't like when people spread rumors vindictively uh, about people and to tell, you know, I don't know what his following was, but to just keep writing, she's anorexic. She stars herself. She's this, she's that. I've never met the guy and you don't know anything about me. So I think you should just shut your mouth. And for people that were defending him saying, no, he cares about you. He was just playing. You don't write like that. If you care about a person, he's just an, a, just a bully. I don't like bullies. I'm not raising my children to be like that. If he has any children, I hope he's not raising them to be like that. So, I mean, you know, he's got his fans. I got mine. I didn't, I, I'm not turning it into a pissing contest. I just wanted the girls out there to know that, you know, we all have our issues. We all go through things and his word is not gospel. And that, and that was the point of my tweet. And I got a lot of hate and I, I blocked more people than I've ever blocked in my life. <laughs> um, and it felt good to block them, I'm not going to lie. Uh, but for, you know, the people who are my fans and my friends and could read between the lines and see that he was just being a hateful person, then that's what it was. I mean, the piece that I cho- that I retweeted, um, I understand what he was trying to say, but the way he said it was completely wrong. And he ended up burning in the process. But it, it, I, I challenge anyone to go back and ever read something that was positive about me from him because you never will find anything. He just hated me for some reason. And that's okay. He can hate me. But stop attacking a young woman. That, that was my whole uh, – that's my rant. <laughs> and hopefully he can learn from it. I'm not looking for an apology because I don't want an apology. I, I don't think it would be sincere. You know, I think he got forced into apologizing to the to the other girl. And um, I, I just think he should report wrestling and keep his mouth shut about women and their looks. And that's that. So. Maybe maybe editorializing a, a little too much on, on some of that stuff. I, I just feel like it, it, as, as a journalist, it, you know, I, I could write a better piece. with I, I could have wrote about body shaming and, and how women are, you know, supposed to look a certain way and blah 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 i mean not, again it wasn't paul i mean i guess maybe for vince it was a little different paul never pressured me to do anything um but th- there's there's a nice way that he could have worded it and if he was so concerned about me it could have been said in a nicer matter he, he just continuously buried me my whole career and and just it's just guys like that then Oh, I'm, if he didn't like my work, that's fine. Not everybody's going to be my fan. I get it. But it's just personal attacks over and over. And, and just talking like his word is gospel. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. The guy never met me. 
I've, I've never had a conversation with them, and I've never, ever said that I've had an eating disorder. So for somebody to say that, just it just makes me so angry because that's just – it's it's just not the right thing to do. It's it's just spreading lies, and I don't dig that. So he, I, I give him negative forty eight million stars. That? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good one. So yeah, but you know, but I I was healthy then. I'm healthy now, and God bless America. That's all I have to say. Now, you know, kind of steering away from that just a, a little bit, I just wanted to kind yeah, of... Yeah, thanks for bringing the mood down. I don't know, like, uh, this no, guy right no, out of the no, gate, gotta, Jesus now Christ. I gotta, <laughs> now i got to spin it, oh my God. Way um, to go. <laughs> but, you know, when you first started out, you said you were, you know, you're 110 pounds, you're wrestling, you're, but you're going through wrestling school and you're taking bumps. Is that physically kind of hurting you big time as, as you're going oh, through yeah. wrestling school on that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know, I was training um, because initially they they wanted, uh, Todd Gordon uh, wanted to see me wrestle in the beginning. And then, like, I, I, I remember when I had my, like, tryout match in front of Todd, I wrestled. And then when I met Paul, he always told me he wasn't a fan of, of women's wrestling. He wanted me to be like manager and he's like because people get into it more when they never know what you're going to do and when you're going to get in the ring and stuff and he's like and, and you'll bump he said but you know there's a time and a place and we're going to do it when the timing's right so um when I trained like I said I was 110 I was able to get up to about uh, 117 pounds um and and that was as heavy as I can get and I I mean I I, I tried to eat rice like constantly because they said oh eat rice it'll help you gain weight I, I just couldn't gain weight um so when I would get when I would take the bumps like you know it it hurt um and I think that probably not help when like I broke my pelvis because my frame was so small um that, I think that was the worst bump I probably ever took when I when I broke my pelvis because I was on the crutches for seven weeks and I couldn't walk. Um, but, I mean, I did stuff like I broke my nose, I cracked my head open, uh, I had concussions, stuff like that. So I think if any bump hurts no matter how big you are, but I think when you're thin, you just feel it more. Um, but, I, but I did try to gain. I just couldn't gain. So it was, it was just hard for me to gain weight. And um, until I hit 30 and the amount of talent – metabolism went out the window and then it was just like a free-for-all so <laughs> you know but that's what happened <laughs> it's okay so you know you're saying all these injuries and stuff and obviously that's pretty extreme you know to use the uh, the ecw thing here i mean you're getting pretty extreme is that kind of a mandate that the women are gonna have to take bumps as much as the men or is that just something you took to i i think all all the women that worked for us held their own uh when it came to taking bumps i i just for me, I just didn't want to be some, you know, girl that was just standing ringside and looking pretty or sexy or whatever. Like, I just wanted to, you know, I was like, oh, let me take guys' finishes. That'll be cool. And and Paul was like, oh, you're willing. And I said, yeah, I'll do whatever. And it was just like, okay, well, she'll take this and she'll take this and she'll take this and we'll do this. And I just, I don't think I've ever really said no, you know. I just wanted to work. I wanted to prove to the locker room that I was one of the boys and um, get respect. And, um, you know, I, I think I've accomplished that. And 
I just wanted to be remembered for being a hard worker and not for being some whatever you want to call me, sex symbol or pretty girl or whatever it is. I don't even know what the hell I was, but I hopefully I was I was a good worker. And that's that that's what I aimed for. I feel like you took some crazy bumps. I mean, could be uh, Tommy Dreamer giving you a pal driver. I mean, so many bumps that you figure a woman wouldn't take, but it seemed like a lot of the women in ECW may have been tougher than some of the men. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. I mean, I remember taking um, the one time I took total elimination from the eliminators and uh, Cronus Goddard's soul was a big dude. I mean, you remember how big he was. And I remember he would, he would kick high and Perry would kick low. And so when I took the bump, I landed and then Perry's ass came right down on my face. And I was just like, oh, this, is, this sucks. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that, that, that was one of the most brutal bumps I've ever taken. That, that was a hard one because you never knew which way you were going to land on it. Um, and I, I had to take that several times. Uh, you know, went through a table a couple times. Um, the pile drivers weren't bad. Tommy protected all the girls. He would take the brunt of it most of the time. It was still scary being upside down. Um, but he, you know, that, that bump was pretty much protected, but th- there were a lot of brutal bumps down there. I mean, shit, you know, I took Shane's belly to belly. That got a good response. Um, I got clotheslined through by one of the pitbulls onto the concrete and he got me right in the throat and my whole throat closed up and I couldn't breathe. Uh, just sometimes things go wrong. Like when Bam Bam pressed me, I, I didn't know what he was going to do that night. He said, I'll do something to you. Just, you know, come at me. And then the next thing I know, I'm pressed like 10 feet in the air and he just tosses me to the side and lands on my, my hip and I break my pelvis in two places. So, uh, you know, things happen. I don't blame anybody for anything because, you know, you can get hurt, but sucked <laughs> but you know you just keep going that's part of the deal it is pretty crazy if you you know you go through all your injuries and stuff and you're like wow you know that's um quote unquote pretty hardcore and i'm sure those fans would, would say she's hardcore she's hardcore <laughs> just sometimes just yeah. some of those things it's like oh my god broke the pelvis oh broke that do you think that you know just because it was ECW. Let's say you were in WCW. Do you think you would have had to have done some of that stuff? Or do you think it's no. kind of par for the course because of ECW? I can't speak for WCW. I know when I worked, and I know they have all these different stages, like Attitude Era and the PG Era and whatever. But I know when I worked for Vince in 2006, um, there, we did one one thing for TV where it was me uh, and Balls Mahoney. And we were against Ariel and Kevin Thorne. And I had, you know, Vince stands at ringside and you, you have to like do your entrance beforehand. You get in the ring and then you show Vince what you're going to do that night. And uh, you you do a run through. And uh, at least that's what we did back then. And so, you know, they play your music, you come out, you get in the ring, blah, blah, blah. And you do your deal. And I remember going over to Vince and I said, Vince, uh, I'll pick Kevin's finisher. You know, let it, let him do his finisher on me. And Vince goes, oh, no, we don't do that here. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, what? And he goes, we don't promote uh, male on, male female violence here. We don't do that. And he goes, here's what's going to happen. He goes, you're going to attack Ariel and he's going to come over 
and he's gently going to put his hands underneath your armpits and he's just going to pull you off. And, uh, and you know, then, then we'll get Ariel to, to stomp on you. And I just looked at him and I said, you sure you don't want me to take that bump? And he goes, no. <laughs> I go, okay. I just walked away. So, I mean, I offered to do things there and they said, absolutely not. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was because I I offered to do it with Paul. I mean, I I was more than happy to take the bumps, and I know the other girls were okay with it. So, I, I, I don't know. I don't know about the other promotions, but I know I told Vince I would do it, and he didn't want me to. Now, you might have taken a belly-to-belly from Shane. You might have taken total elimination. You might have taken those pile drivers. But I got to say, you, you got to be real extreme if you're going to take that move from uh, from our buddy, Kevin Thorne. I mean, uh, that's he's known to throw some potatoes, so that would have been a hell of a ride for you if you were to get up there. Well, I'll tell you something else, too. And I'm just thinking of things, so forgive me, but I'm, I'm thinking of pumps that I offered to, uh, to take. When we had Scott Hall in for that one weekend, and Shane was gone by this time, I was with uh, Just Incredible for this. Um, you know, there, there was an instance a long time ago where Scott came to a show and Triple Threat kind of stopped him. And you, you've heard this story, right? Oh, yes. Many times. Many times. Okay. No, all right. So I'm not going to repeat it. You know, you know what the deal was. Uh, but me standing there with the three guys and just because, you know, Shane's my buddy and stuff. And, and I turn around and I say, and this was totally... Um, totally the wrong thing for me to say. Uh, I should have kept my mouth shut, but I was so riled up and Shane got me so hyper that I said to Scott Hall, why don't you go buy a ticket like the rest of the marks? Oh, Jesus. Should have never said it. I'm an idiot. I said I was sorry to him the next time I saw him. It was, it was totally wrong. Um, I had no place to say that to a vet. Uh, and uh, while some thought it was funny in the locker room, I, I know there was a couple people that, that probably didn't. I think Scott was one of them, but I did apologize. And so when he came in and he goes, he sees me, he goes, you're like, oh, the franchise. And I was like, oh, I said, okay, here's the deal. And, and I apologized. And he said, don't worry about it. And he was as nice as could be. And that night I said, you know what? I was such a jerk um, I said, I, I got riled up. I was in the moment. It slipped out of my mouth. I'm so sorry. I said, I want you to give me the razor's edge tonight. The place is going to go crazy. I said, just give it to me. It's going to be great. He said, <laughs> nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to hurt you. I'll just make out with you a little bit. <laughs> I, was just like, I said, no, I said, it, it'll be great. And, and he didn't even kiss me or anything. He, I think we did a spot where he just grabbed my thong and smacked me a couple times. And I tried to give him the too sweet, like turn on PJ and go with him. And, uh, but here's a guy who could have been a complete jerk and hurt me on purpose because of what I did. And he was so nice about it. I felt like such an idiot. And I, I mean, I, I know Shane was adamant about that night and I, I you know, I, I still don't know if they've ever patched things up, but I, I just feel like I was so out of place, even though I was sticking up for my friends, I should have just stood there and shut my mouth. Um, so this was an opportunity for him to give me that boot because that's a big bump, you know, and that could have, I could have landed on my head, but I said, Hey, I probably deserve to get hurt after that. You know, let's do it. And he, he would not bump me, which I thought was, was really nice of him. So 
Um, and I don't know if that has anything to do with what we were talking about, but no, but um, it's a great, no, it's a great way to go because you know, we ha- we've heard that story in different iterations. We've obviously heard Shane's take on it. He's, he's talked about it for years and uh, th- that whole instance, you know, I think, and, and the way I always kind of perceive Shane's feuds throughout the year, you know, Shane seems to move on a lot and Shane seems to really see the, 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 the other side of the coin and he doesn't really, you know, per se, uh, bury anybody especially on the air you know there's only two people he really has said anything somewhat inflammatory one guy has three uh three actually they both do one has hbk the other one has vkm in their uh in their name but the other guys like hall i I can't really catch any negative vibes from shane but that story's like i mean that's that's obviously the thing a legend but i'm gonna throw this to you right here was that kind of the culture of the ecw us versus them mentality that really you might have been just playing mama bear at the time that that, that's your that's your house that he was walking into and he was the enemy because he basically set off that huge war yeah, it it absolutely was. Um, I was just, and first of all, I'm a female, so what the hell am I going to do? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I've jumped in front of Shane several times. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it, it, there was there was another um, there was another instance. Who did? Oh gosh, was it? It was somebody that he was having words with, and I actually jumped between them and and pushed people apart. And then I'm saying to myself, Am I crazy? What is happening right here? I, you know, I'm not as tough as I am out in the ring. Like, I need to step <laughs> back and realize, like, this is real life here. You know what I mean? Um, but the thing with Scott, like, yeah, he, he came to our show. I, at that point, Shane was just, you know, just so, like, mindful of getting him out of the building, didn't want him there. And it, it, it was like a motherly instinct. Like, I wanted to take care of my boys kind of thing. Um, I knew I wasn't going to fist fight anybody, but of course I'm going to stand there with, with those guys because they were my ride or dies, you know? So if, if I can help in any way, I always stuck my neck out and tried to help them. Um, and it wasn't like I screamed that remark. I kind of said it under my breath, but I think Scott might've heard me because we were kind of close. Um, but still for, for a girl like me in the business three, four years, no, you don't do that. Like uh, that was completely wrong. Even though I was defending my guys, I should have just kept my mouth shut. And I've learned from my mistakes. Like twenty five years later, like I would tell my young self, "You're dumb. Shut up. Like you, <laughs> you can't say that to vets. No matter how wrong they are, you just have to shut your mouth." And that was the one time I I spoke out of line, and um, I did it for a good reason. Uh, but I felt like I had to apologize for it, and I did. And he couldn't have been nicer about it. And you know, it, it worked out for the best. But I did offer to take that bump. I thought it. I think the place would have popped way more than they did for the spot that we did. But he he wouldn't give it to me. So you know. Thank you, Scott, because you probably saved, even though my neck's messed up, it probably would have been worse. <laughs> well, I think that not going up for the uh, for the thorn finish is what really helped your uh, your neck. And now I just will say we love Kevin. I mean, he's one of he's. I, I talk to him all the time. You know, he's been he's done a lot for us and with us, and and we love him to death. But I, I am very happy that you didn't go up for that move. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I'm very I mean, happy. <laughs> I, you know, I just don't think it was just Kevin. I just don't think Vince wanted me to do anything there like I was <laughs> I was like trapped like I I offered to do and uh I got shot down on every idea so it's uh 
wasn't a match made in heaven in that company, you know? Yeah. I, 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 I was willing, um, I was willing to do it. It was, I mean, the, the, the want was there. It was just, it was on them. And, you know, like I knew Kevin probably would have, would have did it if I said, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. But Vince was, oh, no, we don't do that here. And I'm like, <laughs> what do you do here? Because I'm not doing anything. Like, this sucks. <laughs> so when you have somebody that really wants to work, like I was chomping at the bit to work and it's nothing. So it's just, it's, it's frustrating, you know? Yeah, and but, you you talked about that now in episode fifty two. You talked about all that yes. in depth. A good, yes. I mean, a good fifteen straight minutes uh, talking about that whole entire thing in depth. So we don't need to go down that road again. If you want to listen to it, go back to the archives and listen to go. Francine. Sorry. And here, no, but here's the here's the interesting part about that story. Now, not only I mean, as long as John and I have, have followed the business and, and listened to things and read things, I had never heard you talk about your tenure there in the, the, the detail that you did. But the fascinating part that I found was you telling Shane about that for the first time. And that's what I think even drives the story. So please fans, listeners, if you're listening to this right now, go back, check out episode 52. There's about a 20 minute chunk where Francine gives us the whole rundown of what she told, told Vince, what he told her, uh, talking about oh, yeah. the, the archives, talking about watching video. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a crazy story. <laughs> But one of the things I want to get your uh, your vibe on here is, you know, you you have stepped away from the business in, in some capacity. You're getting back into doing things. How much have you felt the business has changed since you left? Because now it's driven by social media and you're so interactive, like you said, but it just seems like everything's different. People's tastes are different. The wrestlers are different. You know, the promotions are different. It just seems like from the last time you uh, you exited, things really, uh, they kind of evolved in a different direction. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we discuss it all the time. And one of the questions I, I always get is, do you think ECW would still be around if, if social media was, you know, around back then? Because we didn't have any, gosh, we didn't even have uh, GPS back then. <laughs> it wasn't like social media. Um, so that I get that question all the time. And, and I feel like, yeah, maybe we would have. Because, I mean, it's free advertising, number one. Um, it, it's, it's amazing how, you know, with Twitter and stuff, fans can just talk to their favorite personalities, whether it's wrestling or actors or, and it's up to the, the star to respond or not. Um, but the option is there. Um, so yeah, I, I, I feel like ECW would have, you know, maybe had more of a chance to be around, um, with social media. Um, today, like we, we were just talking about all in. And, and StarCast and how amazing it is that, that, you know, these kids, Cody and the Bucks, they, they had this dream. They wanted to do this thing. And look how big it was and, and the response that it got. And you didn't see people doing this, you know, 10, 20 years ago. You know, people going into business for themselves to this extent. It's amazing. And, and I think social media just has such a big influence on the business. Um, but... You know, we've always said that there's one promotion, it's Vince McMahon. People are actually challenging him now, you know, with, with ROH doing their business and drawing the crowds that they're they're drawing. And uh, these independent shows stepping up. And it, it's just, uh, it's turning for the better. And, you know, the more companies that are out there, the more people can work. And, and don't we want everybody to work? Isn't that the main goal? You know, just one man monopolizing the business is going to kill it. 
So kudos to everybody for doing their own thing and getting out there and working. I love it. It's great. But you could kind of put the parallel to ECW because the StarCast convention, I remember the CyberSlam conventions, ECW was on the forefront of that. You talk about being a rogue third-party company, uh, independently run. You know, you think about all those ECW shows. You think about how you guys fought and fought and fought to get on the pay-per-view. So in some ways, yeah, the business has evolved, but there's parallels to ECW. But, you know, like we've said, and we can beat it over the head every single week on the show, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's changed not just wrestling. It's changed entertainment. It's changed the way we get news. It's changed everything. And I guess uh, we right. just all got to sit back and uh, enjoy it and and watch it as it grows, you know? Yeah, and like I said, let it keep growing. You know, show show Vince that there's other players in the game besides him. You know, I, I think it's, it's a great thing. I mean, I don't know. I know uh, with the all-in show, I mean, it was one show. Hopefully that they'll do more. Um, it, it could become the next big thing. We don't know, you know, let the kids rest for this week. <laughs> they had a big weekend, so we'll, we'll see what happens from it. But, um, I didn't hear anything bad about the convention. I, for, for Conrad's first time, I heard it ran smoothly and everything went well. And, and that's major. You know what I mean? We do some of these conventions and they're big clusters, um, <laughs> for, for having a convention this huge and having it go off without a hitch. I think that's, that's pretty damn impressive, if you ask me. You know, and then having a show that that draws ten thousand people—it's considered an indie show. That's amazing. It's amazing, and I just, uh, you know, I, I hope big and better things come for these guys, and and they can maybe employ people, and and it's great, and it'll show Vince, yeah, you're not the only game in town, buddy. You have competition, so and maybe that'll make him change his product. Maybe it'll get better. I don't know. It's- you know, we have to wait and see. It's like uh, being booked on a convention and uh, the people running the convention not advertising your uh, your oh, appearance. <laughs> yeah, I wonder where that happened before. That's, it, that is the most idiotic thing. We were so mad. I can't even tell. We were sitting there, honestly, sitting at the table with this huge banner over our heads with our picture on it. We're sitting across from the horsemen and you know they, they would have like a huge crowd always. And then the people had to pass us as they were walking. The wrestling fans, you know, and they're walking by us and they look at us and then they do a double take. They look at the picture and they look at us. And look at the, Oh, my gosh. We didn't know you guys were here. And I can't even tell you how many times Shane and I looked at each other and just shook our heads. <laughs> we were so mad that whole weekend. It's, it's just the thing is the guy didn't want to promote any talent that he didn't bring in because he said it wouldn't make him money. What he failed to remember was they still had to pay $22 at the door. So he still would have made money at the door. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to. I mean, if you're just a fan of Shane or, or me and you just want to come see us, you're still going to pay that $22 just to see us. And he did not grasp that. So we had so many people just, you know, look at the picture and look at, hey, oh, my gosh, we didn't know. We didn't know you guys were together and doing the convention and you know, and then we get so many people. Oh, you guys are still married. That's great. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> I don't know where that came from either, but I mean, it's just funny. So yeah, 
it just blows my mind the way people run things. Yeah, that was funny because, I mean, I had to get all of the information to promote it off of your page or Heroes and Legends page. It wasn't Hero and Legends fault at all. They did their part. No. That was a great graphic, so we don't want to put the heat on them. It's nothing. It was the, the fanboy convention. I'm going to say them by name. It was yeah. their they're doing because we would check it every week every time Shane would be promoting it we he'd say what you know what time am I supposed to be there or what day what are the dates and I'd look it up and I'd be like why isn't there a picture on the website I see everybody right. but, but there was a few there yeah. was like, there was like five or six of you that they left off right yeah because he didn't bring us in directly we were brought in by vendors and and my buddy Chad here is a legend he we, both of us we kept tweeting the guy and making fans tweet him, and he would just not answer us. He just kayfabed everybody's tweets, and we're just, like, shaking our heads. Like, I can't – you have all these people asking. Like, it takes literally maybe 10 seconds to put a graphic up on the page. It wouldn't cost a dime. Why not just put the picture up? But, you know, there, there were several other wrestlers that he didn't put their picture up because he just said, well, I didn't bring them in, so I'm not going to make any money off them. I don't get the logic in that. Promoting shows and promoting appearances, I don't get the logic. You want anybody who's involved, no matter what, if you don't like them or what, if they can help you, if they can get some people to come. No, if you don't like them, I mean, trust me, there's people where, you know, you know somebody's bringing into a show, you go, I'm not really thrilled with that guy, but whatever. It's his his posters, his picture on a poster, there you go, but... You've been to California in the last couple months. You obviously we were we saw you in Atlantic City last weekend. You know you did yeah. the, you did fanboy, but I, I got to ask you this just because of the pure comedic value. And obviously you're sitting in for Shane tonight, who's in Australia. The travels and the 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 adventures of Dominic Danucci and Shane Douglas bringing their talents to Australia. What are these two doing in Australia for two weeks? What do you think they're doing to pass the time? <laughs> I have I don't know told me he was going for two weeks and I was like well like, how many days are you actually working like what are you doing for the whole two weeks there <laughs> like, is it constant touring like I don't know and I, I don't know what they're doing I, I have no clue I, I saw them uh, at a library in a photo like, did they just go read some books like I don't, I don't understand they could have did that in the states I don't know what's happening so I don't know. Maybe we'll get some footage. Hopefully somebody takes something, but I, I don't know what's going on over there. I've talked to uh, the promoter, and uh, they said that after day one, they were loving uh, Dominic. They were just absolutely uh, on the edge of their seat with some of the stories that he had because he hasn't been there since 1968. And he was a huge wow. part. Yeah, he was a huge part of the territory there in the uh, in the 60s. So it was a homecoming of sorts for uh, for Dominic, but then with uh, with Shane. I mean, they had them doing a lot of Q and A's, and he's he's working this coming week. And I, I don't know if you saw the the picture that we tweeted out, but he's he's working Masato Tanaka. <laughs> so oh, fun! <laughs> so he goes all the way to Australia to to face Masato Tanaka. <laughs> yeah, but that's fine. Oh, I like him a lot. That'll be fine. Oh. Could, for him. It could make That's for an interesting, for yeah. It could, it could, it could make for an, uh, maybe a, a little tight ride back. You know, maybe uh, hopefully the old franchise back is going to be doing well after uh, facing Masato Tanaka for another uh, another round of uh, of fun out there in Australia. But it's just cool to see, maybe. you know. Go ahead. No, no. I was going to say it's just cool to see, you know, that that it's still being embraced to the extent it is because all the guys on this tour, it's Shane, it's it's Rob Van Dam, it's Tajiri. Uh, who else was on there? Uh, Sabu was on there. I mean, that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty damn good list of guys to be heading over to Australia for a uh, a tour to embrace ECW. 
It's an extreme reunion tour, yeah. I'm sure they all packed their Tiger Bomb. They'll be fine. <laughs> they can still go. They'll be okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, they're doing a great job there in Australia. But what's going on in your right. world, Francine? You know, you, you're obviously, you're always very busy, but you're interactive with the fans on Twitter. You kind of let them in a little bit. What, but what's going on in your world these days? Um, well, personally, my kids are not back to school yet. So we're still home. Uh, we still think it's summer here. Oh, my gosh. So we're just hanging out. And, I know. Everybody's like, why aren't you kids? Yeah, when do they go back? My God. <laughs> they don't go back till Friday. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's late. Um, yeah, so we're just, uh, we're just trying to get every little bit of summer in that we can. and Big return on uh, on this Friday, so that'll, that'll be good. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm boring, guys. If I'm home, I'm just doing mom stuff, you know? <laughs> that's, that's that's what I do. I do mom stuff. And then when I get ready, uh, you know, to, to go be Francine again, then, then that's, that's when I get a little loose. And and the mom kind of goes away for a little bit, and I don't have to worry about uh, feeding the kids or, or taking them anywhere or going to doctor appointments. I'm just uh, just having fun. So um, we got a couple dates coming up, and uh, I know I'm with uh, Shane in Feasterville on uh, Feasterville, PA, on September 29th. And I just want to let everyone know we will be doing. Um, photo ops together, uh, but we're not going to do that ridiculous Q&A <laughs> in the ring. Uh, so that, that's not happening, and I spoke to Shane about it, and I don't know where that came from, but um, we could take pictures together, and we could talk, uh, you know, we'll talk to you while we take our pictures and stuff, but hopefully people will come see us there. And um, I have a bunch of signings through Heroes and Legends, uh, starting with Rome, Georgia, this month on the 22nd. Um, so that should be fun. And, uh, like I said, it's, it's nice. I miss my children and my husband so much when I'm on the road, but it's, it is nice to, to talk to fans and, uh, you know, relive some, some old memories. So I'm I'm looking forward to these appearances and it's good. And, and for the rest of the stuff with Heroes and Legends, I'll put it on my, uh, my Twitter. So all my, my will be on the Twitter, on the Twitter and uh, Shane and I are doing some stuff together, so we'll list that as well. Uh, I'll tell you, everything that we've talked about tonight, and i got to be honest, I'm the most shocked that your kids don't go back till Friday because my daughter started on August 15th <laughs> down here in Virginia. So I can't – uh, Yeah, but hey, the joke's on everybody else because she'll be done with school two days after Memorial Day. So I think uh, she'll be laughing That's all the way it. to summer vacation. Right. See, we, we, uh, we are not done, I think, till the third week of June. Okay, yeah, that's way too much. So then they stretch it. Yeah, they stretch it out for us, and then you know if we have snow days, you have to add the snow days, and it's just one big cluster. But I mean, I I love when my kids are home. Like if I was able to homeschool, I would rather them be here. But of course, they need the social aspects, and they need friends. Um, they they need them more than each other. <laughs> but uh. I just, I love having my kids home. So everybody's like, oh, I can't wait till school starts. And I'm like, I hate when school starts. I want them to be with me. You know, I, I think I, I mother them too much, but that's just the way I am. So. It's a weird thing, you know, especially with younger kids. You know, you get so attached to having them home, especially in the summertime. And I have the ability with what I do for work to, to be home a little bit more than, you know, maybe the average guy does. So I could feel the void you know, on the day where I get to work from home, it's like, it's when you're so quiet, you look around and you're like, 
man, it's a lot more, even though it's hectic and you can't get jack shit done, it, it's still, it's a little, uh, it's a little different, you know, and you got to make adjustments, but they make it interesting, don't they? I love it. I love it. I, I've said it countless times, like, everybody's like, well, what did you want to do when you were a little kid? And I was like, I wanted to be a mom. That was my thing. Like, I wanted to be a mom. And they're like, no, job-wise. I said, well, I wanted to be a nursery school teacher and, and you know, take care of other people's kids because I love children. But ultimately, I just want to be a mom. And it took me a while, but I got there. So it's, it's the best thing ever. I, I love my kids, and, and, and I love when they're home. And I'm probably going to cry on Friday. It's, it's probably going to hit me. Friday morning when they get on the bus and it's it's gonna be emotional, but I'll, I will survive. I survive every year, so I'll be okay. Yeah, you gotta. So, it, well, maybe maybe there'll be some day drinking going on on Friday. I don't know. There might be a little bit. We'll see. Hey, still still working for the weekend without a doubt. Now, before we, I, we're gonna kind of transition a little bit here and then maybe the later half of uh, of what we got going on in today's episode, but I got to bring this up to you because we talked about this with Shane. And uh, as funny as it is being able to coordinate these episodes the way that we do, you know, we were supposed to record with Shane uh, one of the episodes on one night and then it got pushed back another night. Then it got pushed back another night. And we were sitting here waiting on bated breath to hear his comments about that WWE version of the triple threat from about, I'd say now about a month ago. Uh, and to hear what Shane had to say is, you know, it, it was it was pretty poignant. He was pretty... Uh, he was pretty uh, direct with what he felt about uh, that triple threat thing. I, I got to throw it out to you, being obviously, you know, the the other voice of this uh, this conversation because uh, it was crazy to see, and I'm sure you got tagged in it nearly immediately. Now I wasn't watching it uh, at all. I got the tweet sent to me. I got text messages sent to me that it was appearing on there. Shane had literally no clue what was going on because he was off social media preparing for the Australia trip. So what was your reaction to it when you saw it? Because obviously people were going right after you whenever it uh, whenever it aired. Oh, yeah. Well, I was away on vacation with my husband and my kids, so I didn't see it. And my Twitter was blowing up. And I, I, I said to my husband, something's going on because I keep getting these notifications. And they kept putting the, this picture up of these three guys. And they're like, oh, this is bullshit. They're calling them the triple threat and blah, blah, blah. So at first I was like, well, limitations is the form of flattery. And then they're like, no, they're a bunch of jobbers, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, okay, so when Shane hears about this, he, he's going to think it's a direct dig that they thought we were a bunch of jobbers. And hence, here we go. Um, I still haven't seen the clip. I still don't know who the guys are. Um, I was just told they were beat really quickly. Um, I don't know what to think of it. I, you know, I, I my career... I was known as the queen of extreme years and years and years ago. And then like, no offense to her, but then they call Lita the queen of extreme on WWE television. They called Stephanie McMahon, the queen of extreme. And I'm just like, damn, I should have got that copyrighted or trademarked or whatever it is. Um, you know, something that you earn and work for and you're proud of. And then somebody just goes ahead. Oh yeah. I think I'm going to call myself that. Like it's, it's not cool. You know what I mean? And it, and I don't know if if they did it as a dig to Shane. Um, I mean, is that the way you guys thought? Is that the way he thought? Like, because the guys were, you know, they're not established guys. They were just, they were local indie workers, correct? Yeah, I, I think what they were doing was, I don't think directly it was a shot. What I think it was was somebody wrote that thinking they were going to be cute. 
And obviously, whether Vince knew about the triple threat or not, he went with it because he's got the, the final say as to what airs. But Shane Shane kind of felt that it was a little bit of, uh, yeah, there was a little bit of, of that inside shot taken because yeah. of the fact they were, uh, you know, they were such, uh, playing the role of the enhancement talent. Yeah, I, I'm not calling them jobbers. This is what was on my Twitter. Like, oh, they're jobbers. They're going to call them the triple threat. It's a shot. You know, it's a dig and blah, blah, blah. And I, like I said, I still didn't see the 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 tape. Um, I know how Shane would <laughs> I know how Shane would react. So when you guys put up all his reaction, both, and then I saw it like on on all these like sheets that were popping up on my Twitter too. So that that got around that he was pissed. Um, but you know, it's like for me, I. I don't know. Like I, I, I try not to take offense to things because I've been out of the business for so long. So, I mean, if they if they want to call somebody my name, how how can I stop them? You know, I I don't. It sucks, but I'm not going to sit here and and just be pissed off all the time about. It. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I I don't know. He, he it's it's a legacy, and he created this legacy with that name. So I get that he's pissed. Um. But is it a direct dig? I, I don't know if it is or not. Like, we'll never know. You know, it could be just an inside thing against him, or it could have just been, hey, there's three guys. Let's call him the triple threat. I, who knows? You know? I, I don't know. I think he has he, he has his reasonings, but I knew he was going to get mad at it because I, I just know how Shane is. <laughs> yeah, and I'll be honest. I mean, I think John was the one that, uh, that, that told Shane about it first, and – I don't really think he computed it right away, and then it took a couple of days, but the funniest shit about it was that we kept on getting delayed in recording the episode. So it was like mm-hmm. it was it was like building and building, and then like I'm starting to get you know like nervous. Like what is he gonna say? And then like the <laughs> the first thing he says was, "Well, I don't want to talk about it that much." And I was like, "What? We're not gonna talk about it?" But then you know when he let his his real his feelings get out there, I just want to read you the last line of what he said, because this is what I feel really did hit home about the, the whole entire scenario and whether it is, you know, you and, and Shane and obviously the other, you know, living members of the triple threat in some capacity are Brian Lee and Dean Malenko. But he said, I'm sure that Chris Candido's family and I'm sure Bam Bam Bigelow's sons and daughter are very appreciative of that from the quote genius. I don't want to give it any more credence than it could, than it should get because obviously people didn't watch it. And my guess is less people will be watching it next week, next month, next year. And we've spoken about it. We've spoken about it enough about that piece of shit. Now let's move on. So obviously he's bringing Bam Bam and Candido's families into it. And that to me is where it really should hit home. Because if he's taking a shot at Shane, he's taking a shot at you guys, what you did. You know, there's a lot of people who can't defend themselves. And the legacies of both Bam Bam, who's been rumored to be going into their Hall of Fame for years. And obviously Chris Candido. You know, I think that to me was the uh, the most poignant part is that they were basically shitting on their legacy, if anything. Yeah, I mean, you, again, you, you have to take it two ways. Was it intentional or was it just a coincidence? And no one will ever know, you know, but in Shane's mind, it was intentional. <laughs> it's always intentional. So I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I just kind of blew it off because I, I honestly don't watch the program. Um, I did start watching wrestling again because I said, oh, now that I'm on Twitter, I, I have to have something to talk about with, with the fans, you know. And 
you know, 90% of our followers watch WWE. And then I couldn't watch it anymore. I just, I, I got to a point where I was just, I would either fall asleep or I'd DVR it and I would just find myself just fast forwarding, fast forwarding. And so now I try to watch pay-per-views just to see what they're doing, but I can't even get through a pay-per-view, you know? And, and it's no, it's not anything against the talent because they, they have a lot of talented performers. It's just the story. Like one night I watched three guys dressed as women pretending to be the, uh, what's-his-face's sisters. <laughs> and it was the dumb, oh, my God, it was the dumbest segment I've ever seen in, in my whole time watching wrestling. I just said to myself, I don't even know what I'm watching. I can't watch this anymore. It's just unwatchable. It's just dumb. It made no sense to me. So, um yeah, I don't even I don't talk about much wrestling anymore. I just don't watch the product. Well, you know? I would but, say I would say you're in the minority, but you're not. So, yeah, that's what I hear. I don't know, but but it's also but anyway, it's yeah. also chic to say that though. You know, it's also chic to to be, you know, well, I don't watch it, but it's I mean, it's the truth, fans, listeners. If you if you're generally a fan of that old school or you grew up watching that. It's a little hard to swallow, and you get people who can watch it because they're enthusiasts or they're uh, they just can't get enough of the genre. Then that's one thing, right. and obviously, to keep on doing what you're doing. You know, uh, John would be one of those people I classify as that. He can watch every product, he break it down for you, tell you what's going on with this and that. And I give him all the credit in the world. I tell him that all the time. But uh, yeah, I mean, and we look back at ECW from the WWE perspective, and that got crapped on a lot. <laughs> But let's take that. I would take that back nine thousand times out of uh, ten thousand. You know, it's bring it, back the zombie. Yeah, go. come on, yeah. everybody remembers him, right? Exactly. I, I yeah, I, I think it's great that John can watch it and and truly enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like if I back in the day, I used to run and, and run home to make raw at like eight or nine o'clock, whatever time it was on. Like I remember loving the product so much that I wanted to watch it. And I, I don't feel that way anymore. Um, and, and, you know, as we're all marks, let's put, you know, I got in the business because I was a fan and I, and I wanted to live out, you know, well, it was a late dream, but I wanted, I wanted to work. And um, I, I would watch as much as I can to learn and stuff. And, and I try, I really try, but I just can't get into it that much. And, and I did, I was watching some of All In, I'll, I'll be honest with you. And it, it was a really good card. It was, a, it was, the matches I saw were, were nice and solid and, and I enjoyed it. You know, the, 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 um, uh, what is it? NJPW? Is that, is, are yeah. that the right? Yeah. Yeah. So I watched those pay-per-views and I enjoy them. Um, I don't even know the storylines. I don't know what's going on, but I, I can sit there and I can watch the, the whole pay-per-view in parts because half the time I'm in bed by 10 o'clock, but I, <laughs> I span it over the course of two or three days and I enjoy it. I try to get through a raw or snack, you know, gosh, I, I want to enjoy it. I'm not enjoying it. I don't know if it's the storylines or what. Cause like I said, the guys can work, the girls can work. Um, I like the, the women's division, you know, I'll, I'll sit down and watch some of that stuff. But then when they started with the body shaming, so I was just like, Oh, this is a little too much. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm a casual fan these days. You know, I can't call myself a full-fledged fan anymore. Um, and that's sad because this is a business that I love. And um, I don't know. Until something changes, I won't be tuning in anytime soon. So, 
Yeah, hey, I don't, Unfortunate. I don't blame you, but all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get into the wrap-up portion of the show, and what we would normally do is we would do the Ask Franchise Anything segment. Now, you would think that uh, we might have the wherewithal to elicit some questions via the social media universe thinking that, but you know what? I gotta, uh, I'm going to change the segment up. I'm going to call it Ask Francine Anything. And I'm going to take yeah. a, I'm going to take a submission live on the air. I'm going to take it from Chad B in Virginia, since he's uh, <laughs> the only one asking the questions right now. And here, here's what I'm going to ask you: When Shane left ECW, okay, and he went on and he had his run there in WCW, and obviously it would be, you know, a uh, pretty big deal for him. He'd end up having that on again, off again feud with Ric Flair, and it would kind of lead to some other things going on in his career, but. When you're left in ECW and you're now done with Shane, what were you, what was going through your head and where you thought your career was going to be going after he departed ECW? Um, we kind of planted the scene with Dreamer um, when Shane was on the way out. Because if you remember, uh, you know, Shane was going to pass the boots on the Tommy. And then we did the thing where PJ and, and Lance come running in and, you know, it's, it's Tommy and, and, uh, and Shane against the impact players. Um, so I, I, I kind of knew before Shane left that I was going to end up with Tommy for a while. Um, it, it was, there, there was, I never thought that I was going to be like by myself, not working. Like I knew Paul had something, Paul always had something up his sleeve. Um, so I, I wasn't, I wasn't worried at all, but, but I, I knew ahead of time where I was going. So um, there were no concerns whatsoever. I wish I had a better answer for you, but <laughs> that's the truth. So I was sad to see Shane leave. I, I didn't want him to leave because, I mean, our chemistry was through the roof, you know, and, and we were together for about, what, three years? Yeah. There? Yeah. A little over three years. Um, so I was heartbroken when he left. I understand that, you know, he had to leave. I, I knew the reasoning, um, so I didn't fault him for that, but I just feel like, if he would have stayed with the company, we would have probably been together forever, as long as you know we worked. Because um, honestly, we we had such a great chemistry together. Um, it just from day one we just clicked. So I don't think I've ever had that with anyone else. Um, and, and I've worked with wonderful people. Don't get me wrong; a lot of the guys were great, but just there was just something special about him and I together. So. Um, Hated to see him go, but definitely understood the reasoning. How about the impact on the locker room? Was there a void left after he departed? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, Shane was like the top guy for so long. So everybody was jumping at the bit to get his spot, so to speak. You know what I mean? But um, like I said, everybody kind of understood where he was coming from and why he had to leave. And, um, he had a lot of close friends there that didn't want to see him go. But um, when somebody leaves, it just opens up opportunity for the rest of the guys. So uh, there, there was a, there was a void that had to be filled and people were trying to, to fill it, you know, it's uh, I'm telling you, it's uh, it's an era in, in wrestling that will never be duplicated. And for people like uh, John and myself that were growing up in those uh, formative teenage years, ECW played a big part, whether it was uh, introducing you to music or uh, some things you never thought you'd see on a wrestling program. That's for damn sure. It was uh, it was something, almost that uh, hate to be so cliche and so corny, but time in a bottle. You know what I mean? You almost wish you could have oh. 
kept it in there and not let, yeah, yeah. you wish you could have kept it in there and just uh, bottled it up and pull it out like it was a reserve. It, there, there is no company, uh, no place that I've ever worked for that compares to that locker room. And it, we say, we all say it all the time. It sounds so corny, but it's so true. I've never been with a group of people that I cared about more than that locker room in, in my 25 years in this business. I've worked different places. I've tried to get that, those relationships and that feeling and it never has come close. Uh, it, it was such a special time in the business, but, but personally as well, because I literally enjoyed waking up every single morning and going to work. I never once complained about a 6am flight or, you know, it, it, it was just a pleasure to work for that company and um, devastating when we fold it. Uh, but the memories just are in my mind forever. So it's, it's just, it was a wonderful place to work. And, um, and I made so many good friends that, that I'm still friends with to this day. So, and they keep chanting ECW and it's been 20 plus years. So what, what does that tell you? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. That's very true, and I got to tell you, I do love all the uh, I, I love all the pleasantries that you see when you get a lot of the ECW guys together because you do get that family vibe. You you see everybody kind of generally go off and, and have some conversations, whereas as a casual observer, you see guys come over just do the proverbial handshake and walk away. <laughs> you really do see the ECW guys and the and gals just kind of sit there and shoot the breeze for a little bit, and it's always uh, that's always fun to see whether we're on the uh, promoting end of it or we're just kind of casually. Uh, Carrying Shane's bags or something—it's always—it's uh, always fun to see. But hey, if you ask, if you say something to Shane, odds are you are going to be there for a couple of minutes. So uh, <laughs> either way, yeah, that's true. It's more than a couple, but yeah, it's true. <laughs> but it's all good. Yeah, oh man, good. can't wait for the franchise to get back from Australia. And obviously, if you do want to send in any questions for Shane on any show, it's the triple threat pod at gmail.com. As well as you can reach out to us on Twitter at the three threat pod. Or you can contact Shane at the Franchise SD. I'm sure he's got nine billion notifications sitting there waiting for him since he's <laughs> since he's been offline for about three and a half weeks. And then obviously, if you want to follow us, it's at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal, and you can get each and every episode of this show on TMPTofWrestling.com as well as YouTube, where we have all the clips and all the highlights of this show, as well as the show that John and I do where we interview the top talent in uh, the history of professional wrestling. Actually, really any talent. It doesn't need to be top talent. We just want to talk about the business. So, with all you, the... You should, act, excuse me, you should actually have the new Triple Threat on and get their um, opinion on what's happening. Hey, I'll tell you something. In 10 years, those guys can be on top of the business, for all we know. You know, that's... <laughs> yeah, they're not top talent now, but you wait. They're gonna they're gonna be top talent with that name. I'm yeah. Oh, no, they could. They could. <laughs> I'm on the show. Yeah, without a doubt. So, Francine, I'm gonna hand it over to you here, and I want you to give all the listeners where they can find everything going on in your world. You gave a couple of those dates, but please share with the listeners where they can find anything and everything going on in the world of the Queen of Extreme, Francine. Okay. Well, um, we mentioned that I am on Twitter right now, so you can find me by either typing in my name or uh, what is my handle? Uh, EC, at ECW Diva Francine. I hate the word diva, but everybody took <laughs> my name and changed it 50 times. So that's the only name I could find that fit, that worked. So it's uh, at ECW Diva Francine on Twitter. 
Um, there is a fan page now on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's uh, ECW's Queen of Extreme Francine. I think if you put that in the search bar on Facebook, you'll come up to the fan page. That's pretty new. We've only had it running for maybe a month now. Um, so they can find me on Facebook there. Um, I will have a list of appearances on Twitter and on Facebook where you can find me. And sometimes I will have uh, the franchise with me. So that'll be a treat. And we'll always do uh, dual photo ops together and, um, you know, find uh find pictures and, and chat with you. So hopefully everybody can come out and see us. We'll have a, a list of appearances and probably during the week, you can find me at the local shop, right? Buying snacks and, and <laughs> treats for my kids. And, uh, you know, uh, I'll be baking cupcakes and whatnot for their, for their classmates. So that's, that's pretty much what I'm doing right now <laughs> and, and getting ready for their return to school. So, uh, yeah. Probably uh, day drinking on Friday to ease the pain. No, that's so that's, that's the way to be, and I'd love to be behind you in uh, <laughs> in a shop right. I know I'd love to be behind you in a shop right, and if somebody okay. trips and falls and you jump down and you go, oh, ECW, EC, I'd, I'd love to see that uh, coming to a shop right near you. But I also want to confirm it is ECW's quote, Queen of Extreme Francine on oh, Facebook. Thank you. Yes, thank I you. Pulled that well, up. Did, real quick, did, did I talk to you guys? Uh, when we shot uh, episode 52, was that before or after WrestleCon? That was before Fanboy. That was, we were promoting the Fanboy convention. So that so was after was, WrestleCon, yeah. It was after WrestleCon, and I did tell you when I fell, correct? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I'd have to listen, okay. to, I'd have to, listen to the All tape. Right. <laughs> All right, so that's another story. If you want to hear about my, my uh, me falling. Yeah, please. ECW, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Episode 52. Yeah. Listen to episode 52 yeah. without a doubt. If you really want to hear Shane and Francine just going back and forth, I, I said it then, I'll say it again. It was like being a fly on the wall and, and listening to just two old friends shooting the breeze and, and just bouncing stuff off each other. And for, for us, it was just like, we almost felt like we were in the way. <laughs> That's why we didn't talk. Oh, no. <laughs> we didn't say a word. Yeah, you didn't say anything. No. Are they here? Is this thing on? Like, are they around? What's going on? Yeah, we got to. Yeah, we got to let you guys do your thing. And uh, you know, look, we obviously appreciate you taking the time tonight and filling in for Shane. Now, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold you to it, obviously, but I don't even know if he's gonna be back next week. <laughs> I sent him an email. I haven't heard back, Shane. If you ever get to hear this, I hope everything's going well in Australia. I know uh, the time difference is, is what it is, but uh, we we may or may not have the show on time next week, but. The franchise will be back at some point, folks. And uh, okay. well, well, if you need me, you know where to reach me. We can we can discuss other things if needed. Absolutely. But hopefully, he's back and and ready to go for you. Absolutely. And what I usually do is I hand it over to Shane to end the show, and he just usually says he's going to franchise somebody's ass. So, Francine, I'm going to hand it over to you. Please take us out in any way you want. You don't have to. You can say goodbye. You can say. Never listen to this show ever again if you don't want to. You can say, come find you wherever. But the floor is yours, Francine. Take us out in only the way the queen of extreme can. Um, if you think that I'm a better host than Shane, let me know on Twitter. Because, um, like, sometimes he talks too much and, and I'm quick and to the point. Um, so everybody just uh, tweet me and and tell them that you want two men and a lady to be the new show. No, I'm kidding. I love Shane. This show's great. Thank you all for listening. 
uh, retweet when we when we put the link up, retweet it so that everybody can listen, subscribe, and um, I love you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.